The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. Tonight on Ram Showcase, the L.A. Rams have their quarterback for two more seasons well under his market value. Plus, the NFL Draft is here. We talk about the Rams' history picking at 31. And later, mock drafts are final. We'll tell you which ones hold water tonight on Ram Showcase. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bag. What is going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible, and with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now, as well as a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Showcase. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys tonight. And we've got a pretty draft-heavy episode, and that's for a very specific reason. And that is because the draft is tomorrow, unless, of course, you're listening to me on Thursday. And then the draft is tonight. You're even closer than I am for when you're hearing me, so that's pretty exciting stuff. And as it's scheduled right now, the Rams have a first-round pick, something we haven't seen in two years. So that's pretty cool, huh? That's pretty cool. Um, before we get into draft talk, we're going to go over just, uh, just a little bit of news. And it's, we don't have a lot of news. It's literally just one thing of news. So, you know, just, just bear with me. Okay. I had to mention this. All right. I just had to. So the Rams officially picked up the fifth year option on quarterback Jared Goff. Uh, he will make $4.2 million this upcoming season in 2019, and for the 2020 season, or for, excuse me, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, 2020 season, he will make $22.7 million. That is still under his market value. According to SpotTrack, Jared Goff's market value is right now set at $30.6 million. That is a big increase over the 26 million that it was just a week ago. So, uh, his numbers definitely moving around. Keep in mind, these market values are not set in stone in any capacity. Uh, th- these are just guesses based on what quarterbacks with similar production and accomplishments have made at certain points of their careers. You know, so this is obviously Jared Goff will be uh, getting an extension after his fifth year. And basically, we're looking at what did guys around his age who've done what he's done, what did they make coming out of that year or on their first uh, contract extension, not their rookie uh, out of their rookie deal. So 
That's a, a big jump, though. $4 million for, for Goff per year is a big jump. I do think this has everything to do with Russell Wilson, and I do think that that number was adjusted due to what Russell Wilson was able to pull. Uh, so the Rams, uh, go, going to the draft now, a little bit of news for you. The Rams are open to trading back, but have to be prepared to pick at number 31 per Les Snead. So what does that mean exactly? This tells me, and this is in no way guaranteed or anything, this tells me that the Rams are interested in trading back, but if it's not possible, if it doesn't happen, if they can't find an offer or anything like that, that they are willing to make a selection at 31. But all signs are kind of pointing to the fact that the Rams want to drop out of that number 31. And especially, obviously, there's going to be 30 picks ahead of that that could drastically or likely to drastically change the Rams draft plans. There is two drafts that can happen tomorrow. Well, obviously, there's a lot of drafts that can happen tomorrow. But there's two really big storylines that can go either way and will affect the draft in massive ways. And that is with Kyler Murray, does he go number one to Arizona or not? That is going to impact the draft big time. If the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray, then uh, like most people are expecting, then the draft is going to go kind of how everybody uh, thinks they, uh, that their team is, that the draft is going to go for them. And I'm speaking from the GM perspective, not the fans, because fans, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm a fan. I'm one of you, uh, but most fans are absolutely ridiculous in their uh, requests from the draft. Uh, just to kind of give you guys a, a heads up on that. So basically what, where this is coming from is the Rams drafted, drafted Gerald Everett. Not only Rams fans, but Rams publications were bashing this pick simply because they did not know his name. That is actually why I don't go too deep into doing draft profiles or anything like that. Because I'm not going to sit here and talk about all these guys that are going on other teams. And the guys that I maybe miss or skip past, those are the guys we've ended up drafting. So, you know, it, it happens. And then, of course, last year also, same fans, same publication, unfortunately, uh, actually bashed, bashed the note boom pick simply because they didn't do a res- any research on him. They didn't know him. So I'm going to let you guys know that uh, even if you guys don't know the name of the guy that the Rams pick and you don't remember watching him in college, you don't remember him scoring touchdowns or making sweet sacks or anything, doesn't mean he's a bad player. All right? It doesn't mean he's a bad player. Just move on from that idea. Just because you don't know his name does not mean he's bad. And I think that that's where a lot of fans get get kind of tripped up. And I'll be honest, I wanted Alex Kappa so bad last year. In the worst way. And then we took a tackle with Kappa still on the board of a guy I didn't know. I was like, whoa. So I got caught in it too. So it happens to me every every year just about. But, I mean, when the Rams drafted Reynolds a couple years ago, I was pretty I was pretty okay with everything that had happened up to that point uh, with bringing in Reynolds. So let's take a look at some history here. Oh uh, yeah, first I have to I have to mention this. Uh, the, the Rams' biggest draft need, the biggest need out of this draft is a not lame draft hat. Can we all agree that this draft hat is absolutely ridiculous? Having it different for every team, I already don't like. I uh, step A, I already hate that. And then two, it's ugly. Okay, it's so ugly. Both of them. I'm not even just talking about the one that's Rasta colors because it's the LA flag. I'm talking about both of them. They're both disgusting. All right. And they're garbage. And I have actually yet to see a draft hat that I was like, actually, that's pretty cool. Nope. 
Every single one. It's like, well, that's hideous. Come on, guys. What are you doing with these draft caps? There hasn't been a cool draft cap in like five years, honestly. And if you're if you're a guy that buys draft hats, I'm not trying to sit here and bash you. I'm not bashing you. Buy what you want. I have a bunch of ugly Ram stuff, but these draft caps are disgusting. Moving on. That's our that's our number one draft need is a not lame draft hat. Uh, let's take a look at the the Rams' history, picking at number thirty one. They've done this since 1967. They've picked at thirty one five different times, and I'll let you guys know. You guys probably will know some of these players. All right. I mean, it is. 31 overall, so most of these actually, let me see, I think only one of these was actually not with 32 picks in the NFL, so, so that's kind of cool, but, uh, let's see here, let's go back, let's start, let's start recent, we'll go back in time, alright, so let's start, 2002 was the last time the Rams actually made a selection at 31, and again, I'm not sold that the Rams are picking at 31, uh, I think that will change, but because they are sitting there right now, we're gonna go ahead and talk about it, so, uh, in 2002, outside linebacker Robert Thomas out of UCLA was taken by the Rams. And, of course, Thomas did, uh, he, he did, he had a solid career with the Rams. I, he's not obviously a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but he did, he did pretty solid. In 2000, running back Trung, candidate out of Arizona, I think most of us, uh, especially the, the my era Rams fans, and I, uh, this is gonna sound weird. It probably sounds weird, but there's some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about. So my era, was the like late 90s into 2000s and everything so this is my era this was when i started really watching football i was born in 1991 and you can't start watching football immediately i mean i was because my dad but i didn't know what was happening or anything um but uh candidate was definitely he was one of the guys that i remember being uh being on the field robert thomas as well uh once we go older than this though these are guys that i do know i know all of these guys but didn't really watch them play, and simply because of the year. So 1991, the year that Sheriff Joe Bags graced the world with his birth, uh, outside linebacker Roman Pfeiffer out of UCLA. So of the 31 overall picks, the 31st overall picks for the Rams, two have been outside linebackers out of UCLA. So I think that's a, that's a sign. I don't know if there's a, a guy out of UCLA that could go 31 overall if he's an outside linebacker, but... You know, the Rams have had a little bit of success doing that. In 1997, oh wait, oh I messed that up. Hold on one second here, I'm totally uh, butchering dates here. So let me just, uh, let me just make sure that I get this right. So, I I just don't want to screw this up for you guys, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to give you guys wrong information. Because I don't think that that's fair to you guys. So I'm going to go look at this date. I I have it listed as 97, I know that's wrong though because... uh, 97, the Rams didn't have a uh, 31st overall pick. They did have a first overall pick, which was Orlando Pace. Um, yeah, that was Orlando Pace in uh, that year. So let's see. I'm, I'm probably looking at 87. Nope. Am I going further back? Man, this is a disaster absolutely right now. So uh, unfortunately, I'm having troubles finding this. Okay, yeah. So 1977, that's my bad, guys. That makes way more sense, too. I probably could have just looked at the name and adjusted properly, but... 31 overall in 1977 to the LA Rams was Nolan Cromwell. Of course I should have gotten that, right? I know there's probably there's probably some people listening right now that are like, dude, how can you not know that? And I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. So Nolan Cromwell out of Kansas in uh, 1977. And then we go back to 1973 
and running back Cullen Bryant out of Colorado. And uh, Cullen Bryant is always a player that I'll kind of hold a little bit close to my heart just because uh, he is a Colorado boy. And I, got, I have a soft spot for the Colorado boys for sure. And on top of that, uh, he did... He did spend uh, his post-career, his post-NFL time in Colorado Springs, my beautiful hometown, and uh, ended up, he did pass away in his home in Colorado Springs, but he, he resided in my uh, my hometown for uh, the remainder of his his days, which was pretty cool. So uh, let's take a look at some mock drafts, and you guys, if you guys listen to me, you guys know how I handle these. Um, basically, what's going to happen here is I'm going to tell you the mock drafts and who's picking this person. And I'll tell you the good and the bad on that player. I'll let you guys decide. You guys are all mature enough to come up with your own opinions. You guys don't need my opinions uh, to to help you think. Personally, I think that that's very fair. So uh, let's take a look here. Uh, Peter King. Most of you guys know Peter King. Uh, he has the Rams actually trading back with Denver uh, and slipping to uh, number 41 overall and also adding on a 2020 second round pick, but does not actually give a pick for the Rams. Uh, so would this be good? I don't know. It depends on who's on the board, who's who's on the Rams board, uh, all that stuff. Are they going to be there at 41? If, is the guy that the Rams really want to take, is he going to be there 10 spots later? Uh, so there's a lot of factors that go into that. So uh, let's take a look. Uh, Dan Kadar, Mississippi State defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. We talked about him the last time we did this segment. The good, very powerful, moves really well. He's really strong off the snap, good lateral movement. Uh, can can definitely collapse the pocket because of his size. Uh, if he can get that from the inside, you can generate that pressure. The bad on Simmons, uh, pretty low instincts, doesn't always set the edge well, uh, could work on his timing when he's shedding blocks. And basically what I mean by that, I'll explain uh, most of these because sometimes I word things in a, in a weird way. So uh, what I mean by this is Sometimes he's getting off his block and pretty much just getting into another block. He kind of doesn't, sometimes it's just not timed out that well. Or sometimes he'll get a, he'll shed the block a little too early and just give, you know, the, the, the ball carrier a little bit too much time to adjust to that, uh, to him getting off that block. Uh, let's see here. Next up is Gary Klein has the Rams taking Ohio State defensive tackle Draymond Jones, the good. Uh, I put basketball background in his good and that's simply because we know that basketball is a very strong sport with some very talented athletes and the movement of basketball and how you're, you know, handling the, the people around you definitely can help you in the NFL. We've seen that plenty of times. He's really strong off the ball. He works with his hands really well and he uses his agility to get guards out of, out of position. And what I mean by that is, you know, he can take that first step, the ball snapped and he'll maybe, you know, hit on an outside little step get the guard out of position, hit inside, and because uh, he is really good with his hands, he can get he keep that blocker off of him and generate the pressure. The bad on Jones, he's a little bit top-heavy, struggles with power blocks, and is rarely the low man. So uh, basically what all that means is he plays really high, and a smaller, a smaller offensive lineman can get underneath him and can push him back uh, just because he does play with that high center. Uh, let's take a look at Daniel Jeremiah has the Rams taking Mississippi State center Eltoon Jenkins and the good on Jenkins. He's got he's very quick when because he's a center. I don't know if I mentioned that uh, he's very quick from snap to block. So he snaps the ball and he's ready to block. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, solid pad level. He plays plays below his pads, which is nice. Plays below and behind his pads, and and can get that pressure or that that push generated. And uh, he's good at getting the offensive uh, the offensive line set. Like he's gonna be he's really good at calling out the mic and making sure that everybody's gonna be blocking the right uh, the right people here. And uh, the bad on Jenkins. He doesn't really drive the man back, but doesn't get pushed back. It's it's very rare to see him driving a blocker backwards, uh, but he also doesn't get pushed back. So it's kind of like his ball snapped, and then he's just there. He just stays like in the same spot blocking his guy. Uh, good at holding his block, but just doesn't get a lot of uh, force behind it to get um, to get some some forward movement. And uh, sometimes struggles getting to the second level, and that's simply because he has a hard time driving and. You know, when, when you come off your block and you can't get past that guy or push him backwards, it's difficult to get to the second level. Now let's take a look here at Michael Renner has the Rams taking North Carolina State center Garrett Bradbury. We've heard a lot about Bradbury in connections with the Rams. The good on Garrett is definitely solid strength. He's got really good body control, solid footwork, and can recover from a poor start off the snap. So if the ball's snapped and he doesn't necessarily get that good first step, he's okay at recovering from that. Uh, the bad, he's a little bit small for an NFL center. He rushes a little bit on pulls, and the reason that's a bad thing for a center is that you step on your quarterback. It happens a lot uh, when you have center pulls that they kind of take that step back and step on the quarterback's foot, and then you basically fall into a sack, more or less. And then uh, he does lean forward into his blocks, so a guy like Aaron Donald would, if he was on a different team, Aaron Donald would eat that alive. I mean, if you're really forward, Aaron Donald's going to use your momentum against you. Of course, there's only one Aaron Donald in the NFL, and he plays for us. He's on the good guys, so so that's a good start, I guess. Uh, this name I know I'm going to butcher, butcher. It is uh, Jenny Ven, Vrent, Vrent, Wow, that's not even a good attempt. Uh, Vrentos, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, has the Rams taking Boston College guard Chris Lindstrom, which I honestly I saw that name pop up and I was like, is that doesn't that guy play hockey? But no, no, he doesn't. He plays guard for Boston College. Uh, the good on Lindstrom is uh, he plays he has played guard and tackle, so obviously some some good uh, uh, versatility there. Uh, really strong lateral speed, and that combined with the fact that he can play guard and tackle in the Rams rushing attack is definitely a big plus. That's a that's a that's a plus plus in for for the Rams offense. Uh, he's good at picking up twists and also creating congestion on blitzes. So if if he sees a blitz coming, he's pretty solid at you know kind of pushing his guy into that hole and just kind of creating some congestion, buying some time for for his quarterback. Uh, and the bad on Chris, bad on Chris Lidstrom is he could improve his leg strength. He's a little bit weaker in his legs. His short arms would make playing tackle really difficult, especially with some of the edge rushers that we have in the NFL. And he does struggle against big bodies, which unfortunately puts him at a disadvantage at guard. So he does have his disadvantages at both tackle and at guard. Uh, let's see here. John Clayton has the Rams taking Mississippi State's uh, safety, Jonathan Abram. Uh, so, so far, that's uh, three picks that we have predicted for uh, Mississippi State. So it's looking like we could get a bulldog uh, over to L.A. And I'll be honest with you, if the Rams could take anybody from the Mississippi State front seven, I'll be happy. That front seven is fierce, straight up. So let's see here for Jonathan Abram. 
Uh, definitely great size for an NFL safety. He's basically the perfect size for an NFL safety. Like, close your eyes right now. I want everybody to do this. Unless you're driving, then do not close your eyes. But uh, if you're not driving, close your eyes, and I just want you to picture an NFL safety. What are you, what are you picturing? Cause I'm personally, I, I picture, I picture a guy like John Johnson, who's definitely like that stereotypical build for a safety. This is exactly what Abram is looking like as well. He's definitely a really good leader, fiery guy, which I really like as well. And, uh, he's got the size to cover tight ends as well, which is always, uh, always a plus from your safeties. The bad, he could improve being the single high safety. He's not necessarily going to be, Going to be playing that free safety role and just being able to drop back, which does put him at a disadvantage as far as the Rams go, because the Rams are really going to need a free safety uh, once Eric Weddle's time is up f- uh, for his NFL career. But John Johnson looks like he's going to be around for a very long time. So from that standpoint, I think that alone makes me not think that this is going to happen. But at the same time, I have no idea. I don't know what the conversations are looking like behind closed doors. Uh, some other bad on him. He plays so fast and so hard sometimes that he takes bad angles and misses tackles. And, you know, you think playing hard is always a good thing, but sometimes it gets a little too aggressive and, and definitely can miss some tackles and is such a competitor that he gets a little sloppy. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. But the dude's a competitor, and I feel like if if this guy, I think his weaknesses, I think, could be made up for playing for a guy like Wade Phillips and his defensive back coach in LA would be Aubrey Pleasant, who I am extremely high on. I think Aubrey Pleasant or Joe Barry, the linebacker coach, either one of them taking over for Wade when he decides to retire. I'm totally cool with it. And I know a lot of people say the Rams don't have, you know, the a coach that can come in for Wade. I disagree. I think Aubrey Pleasant or Joe Barry, either of them, I think would be a great pick. Uh, but that's who would be coaching uh, Abram would be Pleasant. Let's see here. Uh, Todd McShay has the Rams taking North Carolina State center. Garrett Bradbury, we already talked about him, so I won't bore you guys with that. Uh, Chad Reuter has the Rams trading up to 21 with the Seattle Seahawks and selecting Louisiana Tech edge rusher Jalen Ferguson. This is kind of an interesting little bit um, because this did obviously, this did have come out, this, this mock draft came out before the Frank Clark trade. Because obviously we know now that the the Seahawks traded away Frank Clark to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Frank Clark, if you guys listen to me regularly, I am extremely high on Frank Clark. I really would have loved him to play in L.A., but we got like a nickel of cap space. So didn't really have a lot of wiggle room there. But uh, this this is kind of interesting because I feel like if Jalen Ferguson is on the board at 21 with the Seahawks on the board, I think they take him. So I, th- that's why I, I'm not fully on board with this one. But hey. Anything can happen. So the good on Ferguson, he gets a, a solid number of, of TFLs, tackles for loss. He's always in the backfield and, and, and doing a really good job of bringing down uh, the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage. He's really good at getting off his block, but he does only have some some moves. He, he could improve his, uh, his repertoire in that regard. He can rush inside and out. And he's really good at converting speed into power. So if he's, you know, hustling, he's he's good at turning on the strength when he gets to uh, the block or the ball carrier, which is good. Uh, the bad could definitely add some muscle mass. Uh, if he if he loses his battle at contact, he kind of struggles to recover uh, at and then impact the play. So if he if if he's getting blocked right off the right off the snap, then chances are he's probably not going to make a play. But again coaching this guy's a this guy's gonna be a rookie all these all these faults of all these guys 
most of these can be coached. Obviously, you know, size, that's not something that you can coach. That'd be crazy, right? But uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to look at the bad on Ferguson. Oh, I, I was already doing that. Uh, and also, uh, oh, I was just looking down my list here. So he doesn't play with great pad level. So sometimes he does come in a little too high, uh, which leads to getting pushed back because the low man wins. You know what I mean? We all know this. If you guys played football or have watched football for long enough, you've heard the term low man wins. And Ferguson could definitely uh, re-up on that. And then the last one here is from Ryan Wilson. He has the Rams taking Mississippi State defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. We've talked about him plenty as well. And uh, also, I mean, if you're looking, because like I mentioned before just a little bit ago, the the Mississippi State front seven, totally mean. And there's a couple guys that could definitely come off the board before the Rams are up. Uh, that's Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. I think they both have potential to be completely off the board by the time the Rams are up. Uh, so we'll have to battle with that. But, you know, I think we're going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be a fun draft. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I know that because there's a lot of cool storylines going on. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I think that uh, we're all basically, we're, we all and all the NFL teams are waiting to see what the heck are the Arizona Cardinals going to do. Because what they do impacts everybody. It impacts the rest of the draft. The first overall pick will have a trickle-down effect for the rest of the draft. I firmly believe that. And especially if we get some weird stuff going on, like if they pass on on Murray, the Giants want him. It's just, it's a whole thing. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for this draft. But uh, we're going to go ahead and hit our break. On the other side, though, I've got fan quesos. So do not go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. 
And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. If you guys have not already, make sure you guys check out Ram Showcase on your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. I am Sheriff Joe Baggs, and we are going to get into our fan queso. So this is going to wrap up the show. So if you've gotten all the information you wanted, just just suck it up and finish the show, okay? It's going to be good, I promise, okay? we got some draft questions. It's going to be all good. So just stick around. Why don't you go ahead and get some chips because we got some quesos. Let's do this. First one here comes from Ian. Not necessarily Rams related, but draft related. Arizona's number one pick this year seems to be the first year since 2005 that it seems like there's no, there's a, there, oh, excuse me. I'm bad at reading that it seems like there's a chance, but, but no one has, I, okay, hold on. Maybe I'm not good at reading. Maybe Ian, maybe you're a bad writer. Uh, is Kyler really going number one or who do you, who in your mind would you pick? Um, ooh, that's a solid, I should have screened these before, before <laughs> I, I started asking myself them. Uh, you know, I really do think Kyler goes one. If Kyler doesn't go one, I mean, the, there's no shortage of needs for the Arizona Cardinals. So I think a guy like Bosa would be a really strong pick. Uh, Quinn and Williams, but, you know, Williams, I think he, Jets are high in him, man. I think that he, I don't think there's a chance he gets past the Jets, uh, but I also don't think he goes one overall. So I think he's pretty much slated for that pick, uh, to the Jets. But, you know, I really do think Kyler goes. Uh, you're right. This is like the first time in a, in a while that we've not really known who the first pick is going to be. I mean, you, you can look back to the 2016 draft where the Rams traded up to number one from 15 and we didn't know that the, who the Rams were going to pick. We, 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 we didn't know if it was going to be Goff or Wentz. The difference is we knew it was going to be Goff or Wentz. We knew we were going to get a quarterback. We didn't, we, we knew that that was fine, you know? So, uh, from that standpoint, we have no idea what the Arizona Cardinals are actually doing. And I don't buy for one second that they were saying just last week that they still hadn't made a decision. I call bull on that. They've known since probably the combine who they're going to take and they they might be adjusting their their the rest of their board in other ways but I think they've known for quite a while who they want at number 1. I think that conversation was quick. I mean, I could be wrong. They could still have no idea, uh which would be a very Arizona Cardinals thing to do is is be day before the draft and still have no idea who you're taking one overall. Sounds like a Cardinals thing for sure. And this next one here comes from Gary Late Round Sleeper. You would like to see the Rams draft. You're going to hate me for this, and most people are going to hate me for this, and I answer these the same way, like, every time, is, uh, no, I trust them, man. I, there's no, there's actually no player in this draft. Uh, usually there's, like, one guy that's, like, rated between, like, four and six round that I'm, like, all over, and I'm like, yeah, I want this guy in, in a Rams uniform. I want to see horns on his helmet, but not the stupid Viking kind. I want to see the cool swirly ones, you know? So, there's no one like that in this class, and that's, that's a bummer. And it unfortunately leads me to also answer your question in the most crappy way possible is, uh, they're, they're going to make their picks and I'm sure that these guys are going to be fine. I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to be great. The, the Rams have had some incredible scouting these last few years and are taking guys that not everybody's talking about, but are producing like crazy. So I'm, I'm, I, there's actually, it's just not this draft. If this was last year, I would have been like, yo, Alex Kappa, but. You know, he didn't even play last year. That was kind of a bummer, but 
But really, there's no one in this draft that I'm like, have to have them, have to. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, it's not happening in this this year's class. So, I mean, I, that could change like literally overnight because it would have to. Uh, it's very possible that I run into a guy that I see, you know, that that I think like maybe third, fourth, fifth round that that I really like and I would like to see the Rams pick. So uh, Ian wants to know if the Rams have a quarter or a, not a quarterback, a running back on their board. I'm sure they do. Um, this is not something that I, I think, I, I think that the, the Rams and, and who they are and Les Snead, Sean McVay, I don't think that they're just going to remove a position simply because they don't need it. And you can say about Todd Gurley and his knee all you want to. I'm still standing strong until I hear some concrete stuff on his knee. Everything's business as usual. And Todd Gurley's one of the best backs in the NFL and the focal point of our offense. And I'm going to stick with that until I hear news. You know, I can't, I can't base it off of this stuff that we're hearing. I just, I can't do it. I can't base off of what TMZ is reporting. I can't say that Todd Gurley's future is destroyed because of TMZ. I just can't. I can't hop on that bandwagon. Um, I know that there's there's definitely reports that people believe, and that's that's cool. That's cool. But I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. And also because if I learn the truth about Todd Gurley and his knee in April, that doesn't change anything. It's it's not like his recovery is going to change because I know the truth or anything. So I don't, I mean, it's fine. I can take my time. I don't have to know all the details immediately. So um, you better be right than first. And that's kind of what I'm sticking to with this Todd Gurley thing. But as far as the running back position, I don't think the Rams need a running back because even if, if Gurley does have trouble, we have Malcolm Brown, John Kelly, Justin Davis. We have some really good depth there. But I also don't think that the Rams are just going to avoid a position just because they have depth there. I think we're going BPA front to back, top to bottom. And I, if a running back happens to be a pick, I, it happens to be a pick. And that's totally fine with me. So, uh, But no, I, I don't think that they're uh, they're avoiding a position. So I'm sure there's at least a running back or two. I mean, and, and who's that? Oh, man, I'm totally blanking his name right now. Uh, the running back out of Memphis. He's had like two visits with the Rams. So I'm sure he's on their board in some capacity. Let's see here. This one comes from Kelsey. Are you concerned the Higby trade rumors? I understand that it's it's his contract year, uh, but we're at our best when he is a when he is run blocking. Uh, if he would have started the Super Bowl instead of Everett, we would have had a we would have ran the ball better. A plus plus run blocker. Okay. Well, first of all, Higby did start the Super Bowl, not Everett. I don't know if Everett technically had more snaps, but Higby was the starter of that game. Um. I'm not concerned about the trade rumors necessarily because we've heard trade rumors before involving Higby and we actually heard about them after the fact and hearing about rumors after the fact, I mean, that's never a good thing, I guess, uh, as far as like the rumor, I just don't believe them. You know, I, I don't believe any rumor. I believe news, but uh, I'm not too concerned about the rumors because even if, if the Rams were to trade Tyler Higby. I think Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, production-wise, they're pretty even. So I don't think that it would necessarily hurt the Rams' offense in a major way. You know, I think trading Higby away is worth how many yards in a game. You know what I mean? Because if you take away those yards from Higby and what he averaged, you also have to factor in that probably Everett gets some more of those. You know, he at least makes up for some of them. He maybe gets more than Higby. We have no idea, no way of knowing. Uh, but I do think that that Everett is capable of producing as as well as or better than than Higby, but I also think Higby is capable of producing as well as or better than Everett. I think they're both really strong tight ends. 
uh, not elite tight ends, definitely not elite tight ends, which is interesting because historically the Rams have never really had an elite tight end. Like, I mean, you can go back in, into the day of like Hill and stuff like that, but I mean, I, I think that's like the clear cut, the, the, the clear cut, uh, like top tight end in Rams history is Hill. And not to slight Hill in any way, cause he was awesome. He still is an awesome guy, but you know, historically Rams not, uh, not known for having like super dope pro bowl hall of fame tight ends. So I'm not overly concerned. And also we just don't use the tight end that much. We thought, we thought McVay was going to use the tight end like all day or day. Uh, just not, not what had happened. Uh, let's see here. So no, I'm not concerned. Uh, Michael wants to know, I realize Snead loves trading back to get extra picks, but, w- but what scenario, if any, would prompt a trade up uh, for a player uh, and for which player? Okay. So, f- Hey, I can't answer that. I have no idea who the Rams are eyeing. Um, we can base off of visits and stuff like that. I do think Jalen Ferguson, who we have seen a mock, uh, for the Rams trading up to get, I think that's a possibility, but I think it's a less of a possibility now that the Rams brought in Clay Matthews. Of course, Clay Matthews isn't going to play for another even five years, probably. Uh, But, you know, we have Dante Fowler and and Clay Matthews, but behind those guys, we've got guys like Morgan Fox and Samson Abukam, John Franklin Myers. Uh, Yeah, there's, I mean, we've got depth there. So I'm not, I, I don't think that the Rams would trade up and lose out on total picks to get an edge rusher, I think that it's put, there's potential that the Rams could trade up and take a an offensive lineman that they really like. Uh, but I just I, I really don't see the Rams trading up. I, I think that if the Rams don't pick at 31, then they just go back to the second round and we just see another year of no first round pick for the Rams. I think that that's just the case. But you know, I mean, anything can happen. You know, we don't and. I know, I know that this sucks. I know that, I know that, I know that my answers to most of these questions is awful. But I just, I'm trying to just clarify what I mean here. And that's, and that's basically, I don't know what Sean McVay and Les Snead are, are look, I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know who they want. I don't know if they're sitting there saying, you know what? Let's just keep our seven picks and just go BPA. Or if they're saying, you know, there's some, there's a few guys that we like in the fifth round. Uh, that could be there. So why don't we trade out of 31, try to pick up uh, an, an extra fifth or something like that and try to get a couple of these guys uh, that maybe for the value would be more worth it. Of course, maybe they aren't as good of a player that you could get at 31, but for the value in a fifth round, very strong value. Like how the Rams took, you know, John Johnson in the fourth round. That's incredible value for that pick. It's a, it would be, he'd be a strong first round pick. Like, 2020 you know what i mean so like we can go back in time and look at every draft and reorder it it's possible to do with every single draft in the history of drafts um but you know we'll we'll see because i mean the value is is definitely a factor and if you can get a guy later uh for a lower pick i mean the value just increases for that pick which would be really cool well, let's see here. Next one from Michael. I know you are a Texas A&M fan, but would you be happy if we use number 31 on the A&M uh, center slash guard? His name escapes me. Oh, yeah. That is Eric McCoy, man. Uh, and actually, yeah, I would be stoked for this. And and not just because I'm a Texas A&M fan. Uh, also, it's simply because Eric McCoy is an awesome offensive lineman. And I don't really, I don't know. He, he could definitely drop to 31. But I'm, I have this weird feeling that somebody in the 20s is going to grab him. I just have a weird feeling. I just, I feel like he's not going to last to 31. 
I don't know what it is, but I think I think Eric McCoy is going to be a very strong offensive lineman in the NFL uh, for quite some time. I mean, he's got all the talent. Uh, uh, Texas A&M does pump out some pretty solid offensive linemen. We've seen that historically. Not necessarily elite offensive linemen, but NFL starting offensive linemen that are going to play pretty well and not be a problem on your team, which is cool. Uh, but McCoy, I think, has the potential to be an actual, like, superstar on the offensive line. As much as you can be a superstar all, all along the offensive line. Uh, next one here from Michael. Will we have a reasonable shot at LSU cornerback Greedy Williams at number 31? I highly doubt that. I don't see him slipping past number 20. Uh, I think he's a, he's a teens pick at worst. Uh, but he's a talented guy, and... You know, there's definitely teams that need corners. Corners, I had this whole conversation because I was talking about, uh, I live out here in Colorado, so obviously the news that Chris Harris wants more money or out of Denver, uh, this sparked conversation. We've been talking about it, me and random strangers uh, talk about this stuff, you know, because if I see somebody wearing a football stuff, I, I never like, like, ew, gross, except for one time, but I'll tell you that in a second. So, I mean, we've been talking about this, you know, and corners only stay as like the top corner in the NFL for so many years. You know, uh, Revis did it for a while. Tlaib did it for a while. Harris is has been doing it. But but my friend who is a Broncos fan did kind of make bring up a good point that he has kind of taken a small step back these last two years or so. Uh, so he may not be the best corner in the NFL. And if I had to tell you who the best corner in the NFL was, I don't think I could right now. I, I, in the off season in April, I don't think I could pick out somebody who's the, who's the best. Uh, but I do want to tell you a quick sidebar on this story. So I was at the gas station. I was getting my morning coffee. I do it every day. And, uh, this guy in front of me, he was like holding all this stuff. And it was like kind of like difficult to hold. I'm sitting there holding just a coffee. I'm in no rush. It was like Sunday. I'm not doing anything. Uh, so I told him, I was like, oh man, you can go ahead of me. That's fine. And, uh, he looks at me, he goes, are you sure? I was like, yeah, man, that's fine. And, and then he looks at me again. He goes, he goes, well, I'm a Seahawks fan. And he's like, you know what? Never mind. And I, <laughs> I made him get behind me. I did it. I did it. I totally did it. And that's because I offered three different times for this guy to, to go in front of me in his last rebuttal of like trying to not let me let him in front of me was that he was a Seahawks fan. So I took the bait and I was like, you know what, man? Yeah. Get behind me. You're right. I was here first. Get out. Get out of here. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody cares, but that was a fun story for me. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, let's see here. Next, last two come from Kelsey. Uh, will you be disappointed if we come out of the draft without a defensive tackle? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, I would like a defensive tackle in this draft just because with Sue gone and you know not really knowing if John Franklin Myers can handle you know, starting and a guy like Ethan Westbrooks, who's always kind of been a rotational player, a strong rotational player, but not necessarily a starter. Um, you know, I think that I think it's it's good if the Rams draft a, a defensive lineman. But at the same time, I want Michael Brockers at defensive tackle. I want him to go back to that nose tackle spot because last year he was on a defensive line with Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald and still was having a trouble, a lot of trouble generating pressure. And of course, Sue was going at half speed most of the year, but he still should have been able to, to produce more like he had been in the past. And I think that Michael Brockers, he's best in a situation where he can just eat as many blockers as possible. Let guys like Aaron Donald get the one on ones. Just eat those blocks, man. Just eat them up. So I want to see, I would like to see uh, Michael Brockers back at defensive tackle and then having like Aaron Donald, 
slash like John Franklin Myers, Ethan Westbrooks and stuff like that on the, on the defensive ends. And then of course, edge rushers, we all know who they are. Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, all that stuff. So, uh, no, I wouldn't be, be necessarily disappointed, but it, it would be a little bit interesting of being like, okay, so they're confident. That's a whole flip side of this. If the Rams come out of the draft without a defensive tackle, that tells me that they're confident with their roster, that they didn't need that position as, as much as some fans say. Cause like there, there are definitely positions that fans say are needs that teams don't think are needs that teams have, you know, guys that are second year, third year that maybe haven't played a lot or at all. And they know who they are because they see them in practice every day. They're seeing them right now in the weight room and stuff. They know what's going on with these players. So, you know, it, it's, it shows confidence in the rest of your team when you don't go after a position that maybe the fans think uh, is a is a need a, a position of need. You know, the Rams don't necessarily need any starters in this draft. We could definitely use some depth places, linebacker, safety, uh, cornerback. I, I would be not mad to see some depth at um, the the offensive line. Basically, anywhere along the offensive line, we could use some depth, but. Behind that, I mean, there's really no, there's no guy in this draft that, you know, the Rams have to draft because he's going to start day one and make a huge impact on 2019. That player doesn't exist in this draft for us. It's going to be a depth draft. It's a BPA draft, top to bottom, front to back. I've said that plenty of times. It's a depth draft. We need to get guys to fill out some, some, some rooms a little bit. The linebacker room is a little bit thin, especially inside. Offensive line room, a little bit thin right now. So we could definitely use some depth there. And the plus of that is, you know, you look at last year's rookie class with Brian Allen and Joseph Nopum. You know, most people hated those picks because they didn't know their names, but those guys are starters this year. One year sitting on the bench and we were able to, I hate saying we were able to because I liked Roger Saffold. We were able to get rid of the uh, Roger Saffold's price tag, and we were also able to move on from John uh, John Sullivan, who was definitely our weak link on the offensive line. And now we're replacing him with second-year players who can be here for a very long time if they're good enough. So, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. But, you know, depth is where I'm looking in this draft. But to answer your question, Kelsey, no. I, I wouldn't be overly disappointed. It would show me that they have confidence in the roster. And then uh, last one here is from Kelsey. Hypothetically speaking, if Oboe came out this year instead of last, uh, last, what round would he go in? Same injury, just say he got injured his senior season. So uh, based on that question and the very specificness of that question, if he was hurt and coming out this year, I'm not sure Oboe would be drafted. I'm, If I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure that he would be drafted. If, you know, if I'm looking at the class and I'm, I'm thinking of some of the names, he could definitely be a sixth or seventh round pick if he was hurt his senior season and coming out this year. Um, but I, I think he's he's a very low pick, if a pick at all, if he's coming out. And that's simply because, I mean, we don't really know what he can do in the NFL yet. We have no idea what he can do in the NFL yet. Um, but, you know, if if the coaching staff isn't itching to get a guy on the field, I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm not going to sit here behind the scenes and say, you know, the, the Rams need to get this guy out on the field because these guys know what they're doing. Sean McVay, he knows what he's doing. I could, I was going to list off a bunch of coaches, but I don't think it's necessary. We have a really strong staff. They get, these guys know what they're doing. It's fine. So overall, a lot of questions, and I hope I didn't totally ruin your guys' nights with some of my answers. I do apologize, but I have to do it because I'm not just going to give you guys random names. I can't do it. I can't find it in my heart. So 
I hope you guys stand by me. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for me. I really appreciate you guys asking those fan quesos. This NFL draft starts tomorrow night, Thursday night. If you're hearing me on Thursday, it's tonight. You're closer than I am. That's amazing. You're like time traveler. And uh, it's happening. So this is going to be really fun stuff. First round is going to be happening Thursday night. And then uh, we'll get second and third on Friday. And the remainder of the draft will take place on Saturday. I'm one of those people that likes to watch the whole draft. But I will kind of be running into some problems on uh, Friday Friday night. Because uh, my beloved Colorado Avalanche have a date with the San Jose Sharks. Who just paint came off of probably the greatest hockey game I've ever seen in my life. To be completely real. But this is Ram Showcase, not Av Showcase, so we're going to move on from that. But uh, that is going to do it for me. I really appreciate you guys dropping those questions. Draft is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I love draft time. It's a blasty blast, and uh, it's going to be fun stuff. So make sure you guys drink uh, drink a beer for me and, you know, get it done. So uh, that does it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports Bowl Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Enjoy the draft. credit card bill.